In a world where the it thing is always changing, sometimes you need a tour guide or two to help you find your way to pop culture's paradise. If you find yourself reminiscing or in need of a good recommendation, these two have you covered. And now, here's your hosts, Joey and Jeff. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Paradise, episode number four. I'm Jeff. And I'm Joe. And man, do I have a haul to show you. This past Dude, weekend was really good it. to me. You're losing it. Now you're spending money like I do on action figures, aren't you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a gift and a curse. It's a gift and a curse. Like you said in the earlier episodes, how do you feel about bone crunching action figures when you can't eat? <laughs> the official WWF action figures with bone crunching action. I love them. I want to collect all of them. But also, look at this. I have 25 or so packs of 1991 WCW trading cards that I scored at the Nashville flea market. Is it scoring or is it being the guy who finally gives them a home? Here's a chance to open people's minds. Well, here's the thing. He didn't have a full box. So I was like, I'll take whatever you have left. And they were like... Two bucks a piece, I talked him down to a dollar a piece. Or no, they were a dollar a piece, I talked him down lower than that. Something. You gotta haggle with these bundling. people, Joe. Yeah. You, you went you, to the school of Frankie Fritz. We're going for the mega bundle here. The bundle? Yeah, so I want to open up one of these for the pod. And if I find a Lex Luger in here, it's yours, okay? Now, these aren't like the nowadays cards where they like mix in part of the ring or part of ring-worn gear. This is just no. for the love of the wrestler. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's 12 of them in each pack. Um, but yeah, we're going to save that for last. I scored some figures, some bone crunchers that I want to share with you. You haven't seen these yet, I don't think. I think we're coming across a theme here is that when Jeff goes out, he's going to get himself some bone crunchers. And I tried to find you a new best friend who goes to the same place. Yeah, where is that guy? He wants to go to the Great Escape, too. Dude, that's my spot. I visited both on... Saturday, matter of fact, and they're like 20 minutes away from each other and like 20 minutes each from my house. So I was like driving around like a madman, but it was all worth it. You know why? All right, let's see what you got here. Because I picked up the lethal weapon, Steve Blackman. Oh, man. You know what's the funny thing about Steve Blackman is that very early on, there was a thing on the internet wrestling communities about how, uh, the guy who plays EC3, yeah. he's like a big Steve Blackman mark. And he, Why wouldn't he be? And he liked a video where I recut Steve Blackman doing Blondes one way or another. One way or another! No, to me, a fight's a fight, so I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. So, Can you I'm EC3 uh, insert that into the show right here? Absolutely. Right. So my memeing is in the top one, top one percent. Now, did I pay uh, too high of a percent for this Steve Blackman? I paid $4.99 for it. I think that's about where it goes. Right? You know, I mean, the car, the box isn't in bad shape. Like it's, I mean, at the time when this was released in 1998, it has a Kmart sticker on it. Did he come with kendo sticks? Yep, has a Kmart sticker on it for 6 bucks. 
I got it a dollar cheaper. I just had to wait 20-something years. That's perfect. I mean, I, <laughs> I I think I was living my best life, too, because when I went through the action figure set that I had a few weeks ago, I glued Steve Blackman's skirt back onto him. So I'm living my best <laughs> life. <laughs> All right, here is Ringside Collection Series 2. And you know who I'm trying to find in this series, and I haven't been able to yet, is Jim Cornette. But I did come across the commissioner with official contracts, Sergeant Slaughter. Now, what did it say on the figure? I remember it had to be something about, like, toys or something. Let me see if I can read it here. Hold on. I feel like it says something like official action figures or action figures must not or... Warning, special care should be taken when handling toys containing metal parts. Edges of battery contacts. I don't know, dude. That's what it says on the that. forms? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe these punks aren't letting me tell them about the special care that should be taken when handling toys that contain metal parts. I'll, uh, I'll get a, let me, I'm going to. Text it to you so right now so you can if you see. were to try to figure out with this action figure and make them like in a playset and interact with other people, unlike our Sergeant Slaughter, who used to be the running gag that he'd try to give somebody papers and somebody from would run into <laughs> him and knock him out. Yeah. Or that people Those would just like deny like he was basically a process server and people were like, yeah. Nope, not taking that contract. I am Sergeant Slaughter, boy. You are Sergeant Slaughter. I don't care what you are. You claim to be some kind of megastar? He was actually handing out a contract that was about how you should handle your toys. <laughs> Ridiculous. And that this one I'm, like, super pumped about because I was at WrestleMania 14 in Boston. I think we talked about that before when I showed you the HBK. Yes. Uh, this one I got for four ninety nine as well. This was at the Great Escape in Madison. Um, and this is Mr. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H. Nice. And as we all know... And this one's kind of cool, man. Like, has the HHH on the side there. It's got the H on the knee pads. And, you know, obviously these figures weren't ever known for their great face scans and stuff. But that's not that's not what I'm after with these. It's just this. these were like the ones. As long as he can do a proper pedigree, then he was good for the time. Yeah, that's all that matters, right? And But the thing is, is that did that come with a ponytail or not? Because I remember the ponytail always falling off. Yep, it does. Okay. I'm pretty sure in yep. a parts bag, I have a ponytail that's just randomly from some figure, and I'm going to guess it's Hunter. Yeah. Okay, this one I absolutely had to have. Yes. Um, I know who this one is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one I may have overpaid for a little bit, and I'll, I'll let you decide that for me. Um, but this is WWF Referee Series 2 Ringside Collection. I paid $9.99. For the referee throwing up the number two. All right, so here's what I wanted to, I wanted to point out. You sent me this picture, and you said, "Oh my god, I got the referee." Why is the referee on the box look nothing like the referee that the figure is? Because the referee on the box it's Harvey Whippleman, is, uh, right? Harvey Whippleman, yeah. <laughs> but the referee on the box is like no, 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 Vince? no, 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 no. Is that Harvey? Yeah, that's Harvey Whippleman. But the ref, I don't know. He doesn't look anything like him. I don't know if you can z zoom in on this right here, Joe, but 
he does. It's interesting. Yeah, because he's not like a Hefner. No, man, he's two. Two. Sweet. That used to be another big thing in our action figure fed. And basically, we like the one note gags there. The referee, yeah. every time you ask him a question, it, the answer was two. Uh -oh. Two. Two what? What are you talking about, dog? Two. Jim Ross, what the hell is this guy talking about? He likes to see two a lot, and maybe he wants two sodas. Uh, the... <laughs> Who's the wrestler from Oregon? You say, do you want one hot dog or two? <laughs> you know the answer. Yeah, but who's the wrestler yeah. from Oregon? Because he had Oregon on his tights. It was an LJN figure. And every time yeah, somebody would ask him where he's from, he'd be like, can't you tell? And then he'd turn around, and on his butt... He would say some other, yeah. He'd be like, oh, Oregon. No, actually, Missouri. Yeah. It was a so great the, gag. This one is a special edition, right? And it might be special because he's wearing white lipstick. Um, series 1 special edition paid $4.99 for the British Bulldog. Nice. He should borrow that red lipstick from the Evil Knievel figure. From you see it on, on his back. mouth, Joe? Yeah. Why is his mouth so white? I don't know, man. But it's weird. Like they don't, they don't show anyone else like on the back that are part of this special edition. Like you think they would. Uh huh. It lists the um, War Zone, which looks like Stomp to me, and Signature Series on the back. Yeah. Now there's just a couple of more here. Notice there's like a Stomp series called Camo that I don't remember ever seeing back in the day either. Yeah. And it's like all it's like DX Austin all in like camo gear. You know what's the coolest about this one? What? Is I waited 20 years to buy it and I saved $3. This was going for 13 bucks at KB Toys. Product number 384065. <laughs> I got it for $10. It's a grudge match set. Of Ken Shamrock versus Dan the Beast Severn. Nice. You know, I don't think I ever own a Dan the Beast Severn figure. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I mean, even Shamrock looks sad for me on that box. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Dude, he does. Look at his face. He, he looks like you just took his milk money away. Or, like, he just contemplated, like, am I really in the zone? Or have I always right? been faking? Or am I just kind of... It could be worse, though. You remember what our Ken Shamrock figure had? He had VD. <laughs> yeah. I ain't trying to have a burning penis every time I got a urinate. He had venereal diseases that, are, that were undisclosed. He not only had VD... He sang about his VD, and he screamed about it to everybody. Which, I mean, I guess, own it, I guess, but don't. Well, we're, talking about, we're talking about STIs, and that <laughs> brings me to Marlena in Goldust. Two Tough uh, Series 1. You wouldn't have said one. that when you saw her a few weeks ago. I know. <laughs> she was such a sweet girl. Maybe we're talking um, about Goldust. Yeah. And this one was 12 bucks, so I kind of went a, a little bit over on this one. But to me, it was worth it. Just the Marlena having the cigar. Like, that just looks so cool. And then Goldust having the half. 
face paint. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of unique. Yeah, and I did always like that it came with the hair piece for Goldust. Like, it wasn't attached onto him. You could put it on yeah. and take it off. Yeah, I like that. You know what I used to hate about figures? When they would give them, like, a shirt, right? Or, or like, all right, so, for example, like, a, a long sleeve shirt, okay? Right. But the sleeves would actually be, like, rubber, no, the sh the shirt would actually like the you know the torso part would be rubber, but the arms were plastic. So even if oh, you took right. the actual piece off, it was their undershirt and then the sleeves of what yeah, their so coat they were it wearing. Yeah, so basically like a like a pale body, but then like yeah. black on black on the arm, and then if you take it off, you just have like wings, well, just a random black it was, arm or something. It was pretty lousy. Um, so yeah, a couple more things just to show and tell real quick. Well, how about the I thing scored... that I, I showed you that I kept seeing on eBay where they took that Shane McMahon figure and they listed it up because he oh, didn't yeah. have the DX shirt on that people kept calling him an Eric Bischoff figure. Yes, I just met Eric Bischoff and I'm going to talk to you about that in like 10 seconds. But you didn't have him sign a Shane McMahon figure? <laughs> no, I couldn't get one here in time. That's... All right, so this is uh, Cuddle Up with a Little Attitude, Joe. Aw, what an adorable bear. So this is just a cute little mankind bear. He has, like, the mankind on his back. He has the tie. I don't know. I thought that was kind of sweet. Now, wait. Let me see that. Was it a stuffed bear, or is that one of those, like, when at the time period where they did knockoff Beanie Babies? It probably is a knockoff Beanie Baby. Now, do you remember those knockoff Beanie Babies? where it was supposed to be sports stars, but they really didn't do anything besides have the team color, and then it was just, like, Sosa. Yeah, and it was Blue and Bear, or, like, Aikman, and it was, like, a silver and blue, and you're like, that's kind of, like, you didn't even put a Cowboys jersey on him or anything. It's just a cheap knockoff Beanie Baby with the name on it. Yeah, a couple of things I'm noticing here is has says Mr. Socko on the back, and it has a picture of the sock. Also... This is, like, handwritten and numbered on the tag. Like, handwritten. Is it as rare as a Princess Diana Beanie Baby? I'm going to guess no. There's been a lot of controversy lately over the price of this bear and what it's worth. Oh, those aren't um, rare either. Even if online box, says that they are, they're not. This box is dirty. Now, let me tell you what just pissed me off. All right. Now, we talked about recently how I met James E. Cornette, Mr. Jim Cornette, right? Yes. And he unfortunately, have... I failed getting you that action figure. You did, you dink. So he didn't have any merch with him, unfortunately. So I went to his website. I was like, look, I'm going to support him. Like, this is my guy. So I got a I'm a Jim Cornette guy t-shirt, which I'm sure you've seen before. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got the Legends of Professional Wrestling Jim Cornette action figure signed to Jeff, your friend, Jim Cornette, which is just super sweet, man. Like, it's such a cool-looking figure. But what I'm super pissed about, Joe, almost knocked over my mic here, <laughs> is the bottom of it is cracked. Oh, yeah. The whole, the whole bottom of it, you, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but it's just cracked. And that makes me super mad. Like... I don't know, should I be that guy to, like, email and say, hey, like, the toy you sent me, the box is broken? Uh, or do you kind of just deal with that? So the thing is, is that, like, I know Jamesy Cornette has a reputation for being kind of volatile. And 
one time, Colt Cabana was selling his first uh, DVDs, was the Wrestling Road Diaries with him and Brian Danielson. Before that's a great. To... Yeah, that's yes. a great one. So I ordered that, and I ordered it with the bonus DVD that was attached to it. Yeah. So I got the DVD in the mail, and I'm like, uh, there's no bonus part in here. Oh. And I'm like, all right, well, I did pay for this thing. I got to contact and see if we'll send out the second part of this. Right. Well, I get a message back from, um, I think Colt Cabana hands his own thing. And it was this condescending message, like, you didn't pay for that. And I'm like, no, it's right here. <laughs> yeah, here's my receipt, So he's bro. basically insulting me, like I ripped him off for $5. And I'm like, dude, it, it, it's made me kind of bitter about Colt Cabana ever since, too. Like, yeah. I'm like, you're... F and I heard from a fellow friend, I heard from Cameron, that Colt's a dick. <laughs> like... I could see it. Like, CM Punk's known for being a dick, but Colt's kind of one, too. He just doesn't have it in front of the camera. So, I don't know. I, I haven't had it. He did eventually send the DVD. So, I will put it in the column that he did send it out. And then, I guess, maybe he felt bad about it. So, he sent a second autograph pick as well. That's cool. So, I'll call it a wash and say maybe he was having a bad day. Yeah. So, with that said, you didn't answer my question. Should I email... Cornet. No. I don't think I don't think no. wait, I don't think that that's a, that bad. Let it go. Yeah. Okay. Either that or Cornet will say you're ripping him off for 5 bucks. I know, right? So, I want to open this official WCW trading cards from 1991. Are you ready, Joe? Dude, I'm always ready for WCW trading cards. <sighs> Which surprisingly, I didn't I didn't talk you into getting, but you had already done it. So now yeah. I can't even be the devil on your shoulder. <laughs> you know what's funny? My buddy uh, Michael that I met down here thinks that I'm a huge WCW mark. But if you know me, like I'm anything but. It's just all all this stuff I, I was never really invested in when I was younger. So it's kind of cool just to like, I don't know. He's like, oh, well, you got, you know, this jacket and that jacket. And you're all, and I'm just like. It, I could totally get how it seems that way. I just bought 25 <laughs> pairs of trading cards, but I'm I'm really not. And then if he saw the stuff that you're holding for me of the WCW cars <laughs> yeah, and the Kevin Nash stuffed animal. Well, I mean, so I had that because my uncle owned a card shop, so I had all kinds of wrestling cards and American Gladiator cards and Monster Truck cards and Playboy even had cards. Jesus. Well, I wasn't so, given those, but I were saw these them. the ones that you were kind of talking about, what they looked like? Yes, yes. I have, like, quadruples of that. Yeah, and here's what the pack looks like. Um, there's a there's an episode of my Nostalgia Overload where I go over cards. Anderson, Pillman, Z-Man, Terry Taylor, and Dutch Mantel looking like someone who's been holed up Unabomber style. Two. All right, well, here's Doom. <laughs> you probably can't even see that on camera, so I'll get a shot for us to toss in here. L, what is it? El Gigante. 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 Godzilla. Seven foot seven. Let me just hold on. All right, seven foot seven, four hundred and thirty-five pounds. Shoe size. Take a guess. Um, eighteen. Twenty-one. Now it says there are those who believe that nobody will ever defeat El Gigante. First off, you'd have to climb 20 stories just to get him in a headlock. 
That's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> Not even a story. <laughs> and then you'd most likely suffer a nosebleed at that altitude. Of course, you'll never even get that close. Who was writing these? Tony Schiavone? I don't know, but I got a story about him that I from today that I got to tell you about. Flying Brian, who I got to believe if he went into the podcast world, he'd be Flying Brian, the podcast lion. Good see we that. have Rick and Scott, the classic Steiner brothers, and they got their dog with them. What was their dog's name? No, wait. It wasn't Matilda. That was the dynamite. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the Steiners actually having a dog. Well, we were just talking about Jim Cornette. Here's his guy, Ricky Morton. Nice. Okay. Okay. What do you think? Sid, Sid Vicious. Yeah. Well, I think the recurring thing on these podcasts so far is your love of Sid merchandise. $2. Superstar <laughs> Series 3. Psycho Sid. All right, I do have another Sid. I think that makes three <laughs> Psycho Sids. Notorious member of the Four Horsemen. When Sid Vicious joined the Four Horsemen, they could have easily changed their name to the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Why in the hell would you do that? <laughs> let's, I'm done with that card. Yeah, let's just take a name that's working and just completely go the opposite direction. Here's another card of Doom. This one is featured. He has Ron, Ron Simmons in there with him. Here's Arn Anderson. Uh, he stabs Sid with scissors at one point. And yet that's not a card. Dude. Missy Hyatt. Doot, doot, Yes. Doot, doot. I got an ideal. Doot, doot. I think you should put that in your wallet. <laughs> I will. I'm going to set that to the side. <laughs> and then every time you think about spending money and you're like, man, that wouldn't be cool to do. I got to I gotta use it for something to actually live. What a dork. <laughs> like, you know what I'm thinking? We're going to have ourselves a tag team match. Holla holla. There's Teddy Long. Yo, here's your boy. That's a cool one. Joe, tell me, what was Sting's motto in 1991? It says it on the back of this card here. Sting's motto in 1991. No idea. <laughs> We're having fun now. <laughs> Man, where do they get this stuff? You know, for like... A wrestler that I always remember being super cool, Sting did a lot of uncool things. Yeah. Like, he's one of those guys that you look back and you're like, uh, he was kind of dorky. <laughs> he was, like, over the top and, like, you know how they have that stupid series that Zach Morris is trash where they make fun of Zach Morris and what he did? Yeah. And they overanalyze it? You could probably do that with, like, Sting. But, like, Sting is not cool or something. And go through Joe, all the ways he was a chump. Tell me, who is a rare and dangerous fighting species known as the Scrapper? He stands up to everyone and backs down from no one. One moment, he's just staring at you. And the next, he's ripping your head off. Just for the sheer joy of pleasing his fans, he is... Missy Hyatt. Terry Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Who was writing these card backs? I think this was supposed to be for Goldberg or something in the future. Because Terry Taylor's not going to rip your head off just for the joy of it. <laughs> but with people out there, when I'm down and I'm tired and I'm sweating, I don't think I can have any more energy. The Rooster Boosters, go on, get up, Rooster, 
can do it, and I will. Arr, arr! What? <laughs> and speaking of tearing your head off, you introduced me to a movie that I didn't even know existed called Santa's that? Sleigh that we're going to do for a <laughs> Christmas episode where Goldberg is a murdering Santa. Yes, there is a Santa Claus. Yeah, he is. He's Santa. He kills people. And there's a bunch of, like, cool one-liners. <laughs> you gotta see it. Yes, I'm super excited because I told you, when I see a horror movie that's stupid, I want them to go all the way. And I see this trailer, and Goldberg is, like, spearing somebody through glass and throwing yeah. Christmas presents that become bombs. So I was like, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. He's in. I've never actually watched the full film. I've only seen um, Wrestling with Regrets review, and that was pretty funny. That's true, but you got to experience the full thing. Yeah. We're, we're, we need to experience it right here on the Pop Culture Paradise. Absolutely. It's happening. That's how we're spending Christmas one week. Now, my final pickup was actually an event that I went to today. I went to Zany's Comedy Club in Nashville to visit Mr. 83 Weeks himself, Eric Bischoff, or should I say, jerk-off. Clip. And that's a fact, Eric Bischoff, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. And Conrad Thompson. Nice. Now, I'm super jealous, because you're, like, meeting all these guys from back in the day, and... They're all just coming here, man. It's crazy. And when you say you're a Jim Cornette guy, and some people are Paul Heyman guys, I'm a Bischoff guy. Like, Hell yeah, you dude. know me, I'm the, the WCW is my thing. And when I listen yep. to Bischoff talk, he's like, he's like this fusion between your Paul Heyman, but with a guy who had access to money, but with a Vince McMahon brain. Yeah. And I think if like he, obviously he builds himself up a lot. He's a pretty good hype man for himself. I think if Eric Bischoff was like in charge the way Vince McMahon was, yeah. they'd still be around right now. And I think Bischoff's best role is to be fully in charge like not tna type in charge i think him having ted turner's money like he he brought in luchadors he did the nwl brought that over from japan over to here i think when they did hardcore wrestling i think that was when russo and them came in and somebody else was in charge so yeah. that wasn't done implemented correctly but like when they gave him crap like even the contracts, when they say he spent a lot of money, I've yeah. heard him break it down, and it seems like they got a better deal, but not always. Like, it sounded just like more guaranteed money than yeah than tour money. Well, the whole thing tonight was pretty cool. I bought meet and greet, obviously, um, and I, I uh, sent you a text of those pictures. I got to hold the original, like, big gold belt. Without the was... NWO fading on it. Yeah, which was super heavy. Like, dude, I did not expect that. It was like, I don't know if it's because I haven't been to the gym in quite a century or so, <laughs> but that belt was heavy. So you meet Conrad, you meet Eazy-E, you, you know, take pictures with them, you do the belt thing, and then you go down, you know, to where the venue, you know, is the stage and all that. And Eric and Conrad were drinking from the moment we arrived. They were just throwing back Miller lights. They, you know, they have their guy come out on stage to kind of like hype him up. And I guess he's like a, a radio personality in Huntsville, Alabama. And 
He, they bring Conrad out, they bring Eric out, and they have these two buckets full of beers on the <laughs> table, and they're just tossing them back. Conrad must have had like 27 beers. What is he, going for the Andre record? Is it true that you, in one sitting, drank 117 beers? Yes. One night. I don't know, man, but he was tossing them back. Conrad's um, basically Wade Boggsing. How much beer, what's the most amount of beers you've ever drank in one day? In one day? Yeah. Over 100. Yeah. And it was just, it was cool. Like, there was a run-in from Tony Schiavone. So as Bischoff is talking his, you know, crap about Schiavone, all of a sudden he walks out from the green room and the place just popped. It was super cool. Nice. And you said this time Tony Schiavone actually wanted to be there. Yeah, it was such like night and day from when I had met him at the NWA 70th anniversary show because he was just very reserved and very quiet. And I was like, you know, that can be perceived different ways. It's like, oh, maybe he doesn't want to be here. Maybe he's just not into, into all this. And no one knows what it's like to be hated. But uh, man, tonight he was like, he was letting them fly, man. He was he was like off the cuff, funny. All those guys together were funny. Conrad's there just, you know, being the glue that keeps it all together, keeping everything flowing. And he's kind of just feeding Eric, you know, tell me about this, tell me about that, you know, what's this story? And Bischoff went into some stuff that he doesn't really talk about on his podcast because, you know, once it's recorded and put out there, then it's out there. But what you say at a live show is kind of at the live show, right? I mean, they hope until somebody until something really controversial happens and someone's like, I had it on my cell phone the entire time. Yeah, or until I tell you right now, one of the stories. <laughs> exactly. Um, so one of the things that he was telling us, he was going to renegotiate Macho Man Randy Savage, his contract, right, with WCW. And uh, Bischoff said he was at, like, this bar till like, 4 in the morning, drinking doing whatever he was doing right and uh he gets a call in his ho in his hotel room from macho and he's like hey come over and this is at like eight eight and eight in the morning and he does the story way better than i do but here are just kind of like the cliff notes of it so you can know joe uh macho's in there in his room calls him over eric goes over to the room he's he's like hung over macho's trying to talk contract he's dyeing his hair black as they're talking, right? Bischoff says he's sitting sitting on the edge of the bed. Macho was in the bathroom, and uh, there's a knock on the door. And Macho tells him to get the door, okay? So when you Ooh, walk yeah, in... Get that when door! You, right? So when Bischoff is walking to the door, the bathroom is on his right. Now he goes to look at the, you know, he goes to open the door, and he looks over to his right, and there's Macho Man Randy Savage, <laughs> butt-ass naked, and he had just shaved his whole body hair from his neck down, <laughs> and it's all over the bathroom floor. And while he has the dye in his hair, and it was just, it was so funny, man. And he does it obviously way better. It's his story, but that was like one of the funniest things that I took from it. He did a lot of crapping on Bret Hart, which you love as well. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of, you know, booze for Vince uh, Russo, which was funny. You do know that Bret screwed Bret. He did. 
I truly believe that Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. Yeah, man. Overall, it was an awesome show. Uh, Tony Schiavone has some cool things to say, and that was kind of a plug because he's going to be back here in Nashville at Zany's doing his show like that next month in December. Now, did Bischoff have merch? No, he didn't have any merch there, man. I don't know why. I would have I would have bought some for sure. Who are these guys who just don't bring merch anywhere? You got to show. I don't know, dude. You got to. Like, he was like, oh, you can go get it on the site and all this stuff. And I was just like, I mean, you're here, like... You know, but and yeah, I wanted dude, you it was get, awesome. And I wanted you to get uh, a classic Toy Biz WCW Eric Bischoff, but it wouldn't have arrived in time. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been him anyway because it was Shane McMahon without his T-shirt on. That was the Jax. This is the Toy Biz one from the oh, Red okay. and Black Attack one, which you said you're going to collect Toy Biz. Right after you I... told me that you're not going <laughs> to let the sickness get you and you're going to stop at Bone Crunchers, you're like, yeah, that might be it. I think I just need to get the Bone Crunchers. But you know what I really want to get? WCW Toy Biz. You know the ones from the first set that I saw? And then I'm like, well, what about the second set? There was a second set? Oh, my gosh. Done! Done! The, the thing here is this, this show we're doing is pretty much turning into a reality show, a documentation <laughs> of my sickness. And it's all your effing fault. Well, maybe at some point I'll teach you how to contain it. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> But I did notice that you are buying online. You bought the Jim Cornette thing online. And I sent you some WWE shop items that I thought would be perfect for oh, you to pick yes, up. Oh, yes, that's right. This is our first item. It's WWE Lumpy the Koala plush toy. Is he wearing a Captain America mask? You know what? Uh, that kind of sweet. Or Mr. America. Mr. America! Are you Hulk Hogan? No. They don't want yeah, to pay full you, no, copyright. Yeah, that's what I meant. You know what I mean. But do you know what my first question was when I saw this? Is that's a great deal, marked down from 20 <laughs> bucks to 10 Oh, you don't think my first question was, who the hell is Lumpy? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you see a kid going to a live event being like, I gotta get Lumpy! You know, yeah. Lumpy... Like... I remember the WCW playing cards, the 95, 96 ones, and there was one called Wildcat Willie. What the hell is a Wildcat Willie? I used to tape WCW Pro, and an old DVD I had actually includes Wildcat Willie in the background. And it was a WCW mascot, but I never saw WCW use a mascot. Wait, like, D WCW had their own playing card game, like a Magic or like No, 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 it was, it was like the trading cards that you have. Okay. But they're later on there, and there's one for Wildcat Willie. And Whoever the hell it's that like, is. Yeah, but is Lumpy the koala bear, uh, the, ko the koala plush, is that their wild card Willie? Wildcat <laughs> Willie, wild card. <laughs> Dude, you're a wild card tonight. What's next? All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I know you wanted more wrestling buddies, and actually... <laughs> When we get here, you actually hit number two in your ratings book, and you sent me a congratulations that you got from your boss. Yeah. Which then related to us going back and forth, responding with stuffed animal messages. You'll see when this segment's done. But let's just <laughs> say that we both have a sickness.
And I think you need this big cast cloud pillow to go with your Hulk Hogan. Well, let me just add a little context to this, right? This happens because I don't like to go out anywhere unless I'm getting paid. So typically, if I'm not booked to like DJ somewhere, because I'm on the air Monday through Friday, 7 to midnight, right? So my weekends are usually open unless I'm booked to do a club gig or a school gig, high school, college, whatever it is. If I'm not out getting paid, I'm usually sitting at home watching WWE Network in my underwear. <laughs> uh, which makes me sending you these messages in my underwear all that much more weirder. weirder. I really didn't help myself out as there As long at as all, it's but... not a selfie. No, it was not. As long as it's, it... a, as long as it's stuffed animal hokey, that's all right. If yeah. it's the reverse shot, then we got problems. Brother. So, big cast cloud pillow. You buying it? Uh, you know what? I'm going to pass on the koala, even though he's cute, and I'm going to pass on Big Cass. He's looking a little S-A-W-F-T, so... You know, I've always wanted to do that. I'm kind of surprised in the product description that wasn't included. Yeah, why not? <sighs> like, but, like... dude, he's marked down from 25 <laughs> to $9. I'll wait till it hits one. All right, next. <laughs> one dollar. <laughs> What in the world are these? They are selling voodoo dolls on the WWE shop site. Why? That's not healthy. Um, no, because clearly I could send a message to Brock Lesnar how much I hate him. What is wrong with that John Cena? I'm just seeing it now. Dude, that Alexa Bliss is crazy. Like, this it is like if you had WWE superstars you hated. <laughs> The demon Finn Balor one looks kind of cool, though. Shinsuke kind of looks cool, too. Dude, yeah, what if they're I... They're all creepy. What if I still hated Sasha Banks? I could Dude, easily cause her torture with this. All I for suppose. the collective price of 15 bucks for Series 2. The, the weirdest thing about that statement you just made was Series 2. That there are two <laughs> of these sets. Marked down from $60 to 15 I wonder why. That's a major actually, savings. Actually, for 15 bucks, dude, I might buy those. They're, like, that weird. You know, like, you can get the whole, bolt, like, both sets for $30. That is true. Like, you you were telling me you need some, some kind of wall decorations. I need a set here, man. All right. Now, what do you think of this next one? Yo, way to Taker. say way to say thank you to the Undertaker's career by getting your own commemorative urn. I see. I don't know about that, man. I mean, that's super cool. Undertaker is amazing, obviously. But like, what what can you put in the urn? It could be a relative you like, but you don't really want to display their ashes. And you're like, I'm a big fan of the Undertaker too. Why don't you drink <laughs> out of it? Dude, if you drank out of an urn, you'd be like a really cool <laughs> SoundCloud rapper. Probably. If those even like, exist. Like how many ounces of Ecto Cooler High C could you fit in there? High C Ecto Cooler. Slimer's new fruit drink. You've been warned. Dude, I don't know. Like, that'd be a step above a flask. Drink out of an urn. <laughs> Dude, yeah, man, snuck in a flask. Yeah, I did one better. I got this whole urn. <laughs> it gets the whole thing out. 90 bucks? I don't know. Yeah, that's out of too much urn? for me. No. All right, here you go. 
You can learn guitar and oh use yourself some Elias picks. Those are kind of sweet, though. You know, if I didn't think that was massive overcharging for guitar picks, I would totally get that. Well, I mean, it is. Uh, unless you get, well, you get all six of them. That's true. And I think with that, you'd like to save them for a commemorative usage. Yeah. Because I bought a Simple Plan fan membership pack. And in that fan membership pack, everything I'm saying right now is extremely fangirlish right now. Yeah, but, but it's worth in it. that is like Simple Plan picks, and they all have different designs. And I've kept them in bag. Like, I don't use it. Plus, they like, yeah. I think I used one that was a double. And like, you get a little grease from playing the guitar, and it's gone. And it's yeah. just, then you just get black soot over your hand. I think, I don't know. I think, like, I think it's unique because what other WWE superstar has those for sale? Probably nobody, right? Because, like, that's kind of, that's like his, his shtick. Like, I don't know. It's cool, but I'm going to pass. You're going to pass. Zero for four. All right. Yep. Number five here. Oh, I know you're not passing on this. <laughs> uh, I might for 28 bucks. <laughs> really? I don't know. That's a pretty tight-looking shirt, man. Yeah, I thought this one's actually fire, and the next one's uh, is pretty fire. But it's also like, why did it take 2018 for this to finally be for sale? Yeah, like Lex Luger shirts, and then the next one. What is it? Like, why did it take? Dude, that's so funny. You just showed. I just sent that T-shirt to both Nick and Wade, and I was like, we need these shirts, and they said, yes, we do. <laughs> Yeah, but with Nikki, it actually really applies. Bro, I'll buy that shirt tonight. No nuts. I don't think Straight up. Alright. So I'm holding to it. What am I like one for five right one now? One for five. That's but that's so fire, dude, with all the paint splatter and everything and it's black. That's just so cool. Actually, that's probably really good for your club wear. Yeah, I think I think so. Dude, I will wear it at my gig next week. Where's your gig at, Pity City? Yeah. Get ready for Pity City! And remember, if Jerry sags... Brian Nobbs? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, dude. All right. All right. This I is don't... something you... I don't think you'd spend a penny on this. I would buy this just to get it off the shelves. <laughs> so nobody else would have to. Mojo Raleigh eye black decals. Stay hyped. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Stay away. I will. That's a that's a hard pass. Don't you like the two people on the uh, sticker art? No, I hate them. <laughs> I hate them both so much for wearing that. All right. Now, here's something I didn't think anybody would like. There's a market for this, I guess. But I guess if you're traveling a lot and you want to be able to find your luggage easier. It's <laughs> like the Battler <laughs> Club luggage tag. What is this? Thank you, Taker luggage tag. <laughs> Dude, you know what? No, give me a zip tie, okay? And I'll write my name on it. I'm not going to spend $10 on that. But you know there's another one I didn't take a screen cap of? It's Undertaker talking about, It's like an Undertaker I stand for the flag, and it's Undertaker, like, posing, and then underneath is the American flag. Well, he was of, the American badass, so true. that does make sense. All right. What do you think of this? What is this? Brazango fashion violation ticket pad? That's <laughs> kind of funny. And what are the violations you could get into? All 
All right, so it says failure to be presentable, which is me pretty much on any day that I'm not going to be around company. Horrible yeah. outfit. <laughs> Improper headwear. So far, I'm three for three. I'm getting really written <laughs> up. Over the cute limit. Illegal wardrobe. Excessive layers. That, Joe, you're going to be guilty of that because winter is coming in Portland, Maine, bro. Winter is coming. Yeah, but when have I ever dressed like it's winter in Portland, Maine? Yeah, you're usually wearing shorts in December. Dude, I got the I got the winter Maine body. And then we got ones like illegal wardrobe, insufficient effort, all around terrible choices. We've all been there, right? Now, when Fandango hung out in your DJ booth, how many of these violations did he did he break? Probably, <laughs> probably none of them, fashion wise. But I will tell you what. See, you know how to get me going. I'll tell you what really chaps my ass about Fandango. He come, I'm DJing at Pearl Lounge downtown in Portland, and all of a sudden he's there. So he winds up in my booth, and we're just hanging out, right? I'm mixing in his entrance theme song, right? I'm mixing it over whatever I'm playing out loud. Was it that Is one it that I sent you at the time period where it was mashed up over to, like, Space Jam or something? No, I think I had put it over some, like, LMFAO edit or something at the time. Uh-huh. And, like, he didn't even notice it. And then he's like, yo, can you play some Drake? He was, he was, I'm not going to swear, but he was tanked. <laughs> like, he was just tanked. And then he decides that, he's like, hey, I want to follow you on Twitter. What's your Twitter? And I'm sure this is one of his moves, right? Yeah. He And I was like, oh, here it is. And he follows me. He goes, hey, I'm only following a thousand people and you're one of them that's kind of cool right and i was like yeah that's sweet you know and then we pose for a picture the next day mfr unfollows me <laughs> out of nowhere i dude i called you i was super pissed and i was like you know what screw him but then the fashion police was really funny that's true and well i think you have other fandangle stories but we gotta we potentially have a lot of podcasts so Yes, we have more items to get to. And we have one more. And this reminds me of something that you used to have back in the day. Get these hands Braun Strowman throw blanket. Dude, I've never owned this. What do you mean? You used... I remember you having a Stone Cold Stone Cold Steve one. Yep. Yeah, and I said, if anyone knows about owning the old school throw blankets, but... Dude, but that Smoking Skull one was badass. Yeah, and I've always said, if you're getting, like... Uh, a person's stuff a logo is much better than something like like braun Strowman throw these hands like you're gonna yeah. put that on you and people will be like what what is that <laughs> that doesn't make any sense not that it, people exactly know what the hell hot rod <laughs> yeah, context hot might rod. Be, but like the hands i don't know i think it's a cool catchphrase when Strowman says it intimidating but like but put it on merchandise it? or like uh, you know who else has really crappy merchandise? Even though oh. they're pretty good, they're always been a pretty good wrestler. Dolph Ziggler has crappy merchandise. Like they're always almost yeah. tacky as shirts. Yeah, I get that. This it's it is so weird. That's that's very funny that you mentioned that. Because he does, but he's like so good. And like but, it's always yeah. like this. Like I'm sh showing off to the world, and it's like, yeah, I'm not wearing that out in public. No, I'll get jumped. <laughs> or, or like, 
you told me to buy Bailey merchandise, and I'm like, I'm not yep. gonna explain to anyone that I'm a hugger. I will. I'll I'll hug any. Bring it in. <laughs> so like I said earlier, when you hit number two in your book, you got your message, and we sent back and forth with stuffed animal messages to each other. So I figured, well, let's let the audience in on these communications. Let's roll it. What you gonna do, brother, when Hulk Hogan and my new fanny pack run wild on you? What happened to my nose? Yeah. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it bit me. Yeah. Me. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. you. Hogan, I know your pain, but you need to get through it. You got a good fanny pack, so I wouldn't worry about the hard times that your nose is causing you. Cause I'll take those dogs up to Cobb County, Georgia. I knew, brother, if anyone would understand me, brother, it would be you, the big boss man, brother. <laughs> but since when do bad dogs go to jail, brother? I never heard of something like that, dude. Where am I? I've never been here before. It's not hot. Yeah? Yeah. What the big boss man said. I know the pain dogs cause. Look what one of them did to my friggin' jacket. It's tough being a worm. Worm, you think you got it bad? Look at my yeah. legs! I can't even walk anymore! What am I gonna do about my legs? You gotta be more like me. People don't yeah. with Shamu. When the dogs go to prison, why does Ernest gotta go to prison? Ernest went to jail. They even made a movie about it. Nobody ever makes a movie about Freddy. Did I do that? I know, I know, I know what you're gonna say. So I did I did follow through on going to see Halloween. I saw it before my DJ gig. Which is good uh, because you didn't follow through on Garfield and Peanuts, but neither did I, so I can't really no, get any crap on that. But we will hold each other to that till the end of time. At some um, point. I did see Halloween, but before I jump into my thoughts, and I have a few, I DJed a costume party downtown on Broadway, which is like the las vegas of nashville right is that the one did you do the rooftop the rooftop party yeah it was so fun i dressed as the green ranger uh the costume was so funny because it had in all these built-in muscles i initially tried on a woody costume <laughs> but dude it rode up my ass so far it just was so uncomfortable and then it looked like i was smuggling bananas in my shorts <laughs> And there was more than a snake in my boots. So <laughs> I wound up going with the Green Ranger. I didn't bring the helmet with me because I had—I mean, I need to be able to see what I'm doing while I'm DJing, right? Mm -hmm. But, dude, it was so much fun. I have a full vlog coming on that soon that I'm still editing right now. I'm just I'm so far behind on stuff. Funny enough, um, we're both part of the dress like Tommy from Power Rangers Club because yeah. I also dress like the Green Ranger. But at the time, I was uh, nine, eight. <laughs> Thanks. You're making me feel great about myself. <laughs> and my mom you... made the costume. That's mm -hmm. sick. Yeah. She, so Joanne's Fabric used to sell the patterns. So she actually made the Tommy uh, green shield 
So it was wow. a layer above the other part of the costume. I'm like uh, this DJing and you know on air like is what I do for a living. It's not what you do for a living, but you also DJed a gig that night. I did, and it also was a costume party. How did this come about, dude? Well, so Dad's friend he had a costume party slash birthday party, and I think it was the most ill-prepared thing. It was just like, hey, you're DJing. And hey, you're gonna get paid for it. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm broke. Deal. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, uh, I'll just put songs in a playlist. Here we go. Well, so the first thing he goes, all right, you're gonna get the songs ready. This is the kind of style we want. Yeah. And that, you know, I think they wanted early '90s dance music and '90s, '80s, and I'm like, that's perfect. That's you live to do those ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then, a few weeks go by. I don't really know about the sound setup. I haven't messed with virtual DJ forever. <laughs> now, did did they expect you to bring your own gear as far as like sound and lights no, and stuff? No, okay. luckily they had that taken care of. But I didn't know until because you could charge premium for that. Just saying that's true. But then a couple days before the event, I'm sent this massive playlist of songs that they've checked and crossed out from top hits of each year. So I'm like, well, that pretty much cuts out any part of me trying to figure out and read the room yep. which i guess is a good but then i also found it kind of a bad thing i'll tell you why yeah. so i get all the songs luckily that time top 100 of each year download had most of the stuff that was needed so i'm like this thing is a lifesaver yeah so i got like six hours worth of music and i'm like wow they're like, they basically think... they're like oh well basically i got everything taken care of in front of me well, I get there, and it gets starts getting later in the night as I've started playing a bunch of different stuff. Gets down to the point where I'm playing songs, and then I'm getting this cut. Like, some of the people on the phone don't want to hear that song. And I'm like, well, it's on your list. Yeah. And then I've gotten to the other points where I'm like, all right, I know I'm running out of stuff here. And now you're rejecting the songs that you wanted. Yeah. And then I'm trying to make a guess based on what's there and what they liked of other stuff. And then I'm getting... I'm basically striking out on all those ones. Happens, like, maybe man. they thought of it and then didn't want that either. So then I'm like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I get ones recommended and then immediately told from the same person, cut that one off. And I'm like, uh... So, like, what do you do? All right, hold on. This is, this is super pissing me off right now because I had something like this happen to me just the other night, but I've also had this happen to me at a school before. So what I like to do when I DJ at proms or homecomings or whatever, I like to cater the event to them, obviously, right? Like this is their special night. So I don't necessarily tell them to give me like a huge list of songs. Just give me the cliff notes. I can fill in the rest. Like this is what I do, right? This school went above and beyond. I got like four Excel spreadsheets full of music. Yeah, super That's obnoxious. What I had. I had like now pages. I go to play a song on their list because it's gonna match up perfect with what I'm already playing and what I'm planning to play next. And they, excuse me, and they boo. I got booed. So <laughs> I it can be a hothead sometimes. I spun spun back the song. And I said, this was on y'all's list. This is on you. And then I scratched in the next song and they <laughs> went crazy. But yeah, some things like that can, they get me upset, man. Because it's like, you, like, 
you're telling me this is what you want, but then you but then you don't. It's like then go to bed. Yes. Just leave the party. Now, do you take? Obviously, I think at this point you probably have tuned it out. But when it's a track that you really like, you see, and with it that, gets told to cut. I've always been like, that's why DJing is also a job, right? As fun as it can be. Oh, you get paid to party this, yeah. this, and that. Sure. But it's also work because at the end of the day, you're not playing for yourself. You're always playing for somebody else. You're their service, you know? So it's a tough line. You, you got to just find the right compromise. And, dude, I could do a full podcast just about this kind of stuff, man. It's, there's, just, there's just so much to it. So much still for me to learn, obviously. Um, but I've already, I've just, I, have, I have a pretty good knowledge right. of it. And it goes hand in hand with being a on-air radio talent too. So now I will say that the Nightmare on Elm Street costume that you gave me before you moved—I was wondering hit, where you got that. that. I was like looking in my boxes here, and I was like, "Do I have that still? Because I'll just wear it and not go buy one." I had totally forgotten until you just brought that up that I gave that to you. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, I had an additional glove and a hat, but you had the actual sweater part. <laughs> so it was so cold and rainy. Like it was terrible on the roads. Yeah. Like you couldn't see the lines because there was so much water yeah. um, and rain on there. But I almost wore the Easter Bunny costume that I have. Dude, that's a cool. Just costume, because it was though. so warm. That's true. And someday we will tell the story of the making of the Easter Bunny uh, versus Jesus Christ's Resurrection Snoop parody. That is lost to the ages because of a hard drive that got dragged down the hallway. You know what I was just going to ask you? Why don't you have a Michael Myers costume? I don't have a Michael Myers costume. I don't know if I have that much Michael stuff. No? I have, I have the Dr. Loomis Michael Myers NECA figures. The figures, yeah. Those, those are sweet. Michael? What? You aren't supposed to talk. Did you see anybody dressed up when you went to go see the, the film? No. No, me no, either. No, because I, I, I went in the afternoon. and Same. I went early. So that's what we're going to have to talk about here. You finally saw Halloween, so you followed through on that. I did. That's a challenge that I was able to come through on. And, man, it was like... Where are we, where are we going here? On three. One, two, three. Thumbs up. Yeah, I agree. Way up. I, I was I, like, I liked it a lot. I thought the smartest thing they could have done is get rid of the whole brother-sister scenario stuff. And they did a great job of, you know, letting the audience know why that was just made up. Uh, I really liked how they picked it up. You had the three different generations, you know, of, of the girls there. Uh, and I just, oh, man, like I thought... And I'm going to spoil it right now because I don't give a crap. Dude, it's been out three weeks. See you at I this know. point, people. Yeah. I just thought the ending was super, super cool in how it turns out that that safe room was a trap the whole time. Right. And and how they just make eye contact while they while they torch him. And I saw a lot Unbelievable. Of people, I saw a lot of people commenting on how cool it was that in Spooky that he just stared as he was Yeah, he just alive. stood there. He didn't care. So I thought, see, I'm so conditioned by the other horror movies that when he got trapped and burned alive, and then it ended, and I was like, okay. I mean, that makes sense, and it's sort of back to basics. I almost yeah. felt like I'm so conditioned that something else should have happened there. 
Well, did you stay until the end of the credits? Yes, like a nerd. I stood there, and it was just breathing. Same. It was just breathing, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that's a letdown. <laughs> and, I, and I did that thing on my phone where I'm like, is there post-credits? Yeah. And they're like, yes, there's a scene that keeps it open for a sequel. And it just said there was a scene. And yeah. then I just heard breathing, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> But it's still kind of cool as much as it's a letdown in the end. But overall, the movie was awesome. I just, like, I, re I really enjoyed it. Like, it was, it had so much grit to it. It was badass. And it was, like, it was eerie all at the same time. It kind of gave you, it hit, it kind of hit you in every different, you know, every different category you would want a horror movie to do, right? I thought the Lori. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was really good. I thought the daughters were really good, and I thought yeah. they were pretty well-rounded. And I thought what made this better than the Rob Zombie ones is that they made most of the kids likable enough yeah. that you're not, like, rooting for them to get killed, which some people say that they make some good horror movie, but I thought, like, Rob Zombie ones, you're like, all these people are assholes. I don't even yeah. care if they get killed and... Even Lori was an ass in that one. The only one that I wanted to die except for nerd was, kid, right? Was the was the fat kid, right? Yes, the friend zone yeah. kid. Yep. And all of a sudden, I was like, dude, end him right now. He was a weird looking dude. Yeah, like, he I, was. They were all like these like weird gangly stoner looking kids, but they weren't yeah. like stereotype stoner kids. They were just like awkward, and they actually looked yeah. like kids as opposed to like. The old Halloweens where all the teenagers look like 25-year-olds. Yeah. But I was making a mental note in my head. They say that it just directly follows up from part one. But if you made a sequel and you changed a couple lines and then you redirected, you could reattach all the other sequels again. Like, really? I didn't think there were too many lines that totally disqualified it. Like the part where they say, oh, I thought it was his brother. No, nah, that, uh, that was just something that they said. Yeah. Who's to, who's to say that they couldn't redirect that again and say, no, that actually was true, and they had gotcha. to hide that part? Or yeah. or ah. that she had a daughter in this one, which would ignore that in H2O she had a son, but not 4 and 5, Jamie was her daughter that she gave up. Dude, she was so good. And I was just like, if she was that messed up in this movie and living yeah. this wild like life where she kept divorcing people, easily... You, I, I mean, you'd, it'd be a wild stretch, but then again, this is a movie about an undead killer, so who's evil Dude, itself? You put a lot of thought into that. That's crazy. Like, I didn't even think about that. I just, like, I'm just going to accept this for w what it is, and, yeah, it was, uh, it was well, awesome. Well, you were saying the best part is taking out the brother, sisters, but I always liked the thorn curse, and four is my favorite Halloween, so... Yeah. Four, five, six, and... I also, like, Dr. Loomis is the best part of the original, so I was missing him. Like, I missed him in yeah. H2O and Resurrection. Yeah. But I did like the podcast characters. I wish they would have stayed longer. Yeah, they they were cool. And I was going to ask you about those podcast characters when they were playing the audio. Was that actual Loomis voice? Yes, that was actual Loomis voice. I thought you were going to ask me why they didn't have headphones on. <laughs> And they were no. They were doing dialect straight from the car with no. <laughs> well, they just had their H five no there with them, and they're just talking out loud. Yeah, the star of the movie was their their handy recorder. Yeah. But I liked that guy. I thought I thought like, oh, this could I be like, like a girl Brit, too. like a British Loomis and like the girl, 
yeah. team, and then when they died, I was just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Because I was they, th- went, they went too fast. Like I was thinking, remember in Scream Two, when Dewey gets killed, but you he actually shows up at the very end, and he's like being wheeled out. Yeah. And he's able to survive because he was so popular. They didn't want to kill him off. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that with the podcasters. I can't believe you're alive. Are you okay? You hang in there. What do you think? Uh, it's a uh, polarizing opinions. What do you think of the uh, black kid that was being babysit? I thought he was like a little JB smooth. Dude, he was so funny. I just kept thinking it was going to be like, ooh, kill him. <laughs> ooh. Like he was the Terrio kid. He was hilarious, dude. That was a funny kid. One of the things that stands out to me the most is when they were getting away in the back of that truck, right? Mm-hmm. You show, you know, grandma, mother, granddaughter, and then the camera comes down to the knife in the granddaughter's hand. And it was almost like, to me, in my mind, and tell me if I'm being just crazy here, but it was like that was the passing of the franchise torch to her. Possibly. I mean, they did that with Jamie putting on the Myers mask at the end of four, and then they ignored it for five, and she was just a silent kid. Now, what did you think of the some of the deaths being off-screen? I thought people made it seem like it was a style choice, and I could see that because, like, it was sort of almost such a straightforward Jamie... I'm, not, I'm so into Halloween 4. Between, uh, and plus I'm thinking Jamie Lee Curtis, but Laurie versus Michael. Like, they almost just straight-focused on that, and it didn't veer yeah. off to the parts where he kills teenagers. Like, it almost seemed, like, secondary at points. Where it was just uh... like kid's dead and you're like wait a minute he just like heard a noise and now uh, four minutes later i'm seeing his head on in the closet or something uh i thought it was cool for me i like because it kind of it kind of forces you to use your imagination and into how it he exactly did it and i i think i think it was more you know compelling to see the reveal like after the kill like i thought that was the coolest part do you think they filmed those scenes and then when they made the edit took them out or it was always designed? I bet it was always made that way. I think that's, you know, whoever, whoever, whoever was in charge. And, you know, again, I couldn't tell you the director or the grip or the guy that was holding the lights. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I assume that was their idea probably the whole time. Well, you know, the guy who did the original Halloween, the producer was, yeah. he was the reason this took forever to make and that they had to go to the Rob Zombie ones was because he was killed by terrorists. 
Wow. Yeah, he, him and his daughter were blown up over in a Jordan terrorist attack. Jeez, I'm dude. Yeah. So I think this movie was dedicated to him, and I, I know that the Rob Zombie ones were. Yeah. But Rob Zombie's well, a better concert than he is. <laughs> than he's a hell right. of a maker. I mean... I, I really enjoyed it, and obviously that was the latest sequel of a horror movie classic. But I also dove into a couple other classics over the weekend that I wanted to talk to you about. And I tried to follow up. See, you texted me and said you'd never seen The Exorcist, and never I hadn't once. either. And I started watching it at the gym, and I converted it to play on my iPod while I was oh, on cool. the stairs and play it through the entire thing. But it didn't sound loud enough. So uh. I couldn't pick up most of the dialogue, so I had to stop. I will come back to it, I swear. I did watch a horror movie at the gym, though. Have you ever seen Idle Hands? Yeah. I never saw it at the time. It's outrageous. What a stupid movie. Yeah, it's outrageous. <laughs> and the fact that, like, I think Jessica Alba's in a whole other movie. In Like, she's acting in a whole other movie. Like, she's supposed to be a good girl character. But she acts like a whore the entire thing. But she also acts like an oblivious nice girl. And then, like, she does, she starts randomly dancing at, like, a party. I'm gonna go get some punch. You want some? Okay, I'll be right back. It's like a big prom event. But she's almost yeah. like you could CGI her in. Yeah. As opposed to her being with the rest of the group. Like, she's on another planet. And... And then they killed the lead singer of The Offspring, which is probably the most memorable part of the movie. You had your fun, now it's time. Well, to me, The Exorcist, it took... All right, so the first... I'm just going to do this quickly here. All right, should I see it? Yes, because okay. it's part of, it's part of like, horror. It's part of, like, Halloween just culture. So you have to. Um, but it took like eight minutes before anybody said a single word in the whole movie. Okay. So the funny thing is when I'm at the gym, I'm watching it too. And I'm fascinated by the fact that like they're over in Iraq or Afghanistan. Yeah, it was and I'm like, like that's that. so weird how in the seventies and they were getting along and the culture yeah. there, as opposed to what you know now, the movie doesn't hold up today. Okay, mm -hmm. that's not a knock at it. It's it uh, it comes off as hokey and kind of funny now, but back then, and especially depending on what your religious beliefs are, you could have been absolutely terrified of that movie. Now, do you remember when we were at my cousin's rented a place and your aunt got super and pissed at me? She, you were sitting there like, oh, The Exorcist isn't scary. Well, you would be if you went to church. Yeah. And they they went to a Lutheran church and you went to the church of hardcore. Dude, <laughs> Tommy I Dreamer. Went to the, yeah. I remember that. That was nuts. And and that's just kind of like, "Oh my god, please, please don't religion yeah. politics." I mean, I know. It's like when they get we thrown were, in. Dude, it's like we're kids. It's like, "Come on." So, anyway, yeah, like that's what I felt about it. Like the girl's just like stabbing herself in the giant and she's just like screaming obscenities. Wait, is it the but, girl that like it, who's like super close to her mother? Because the part I was done at, and I just like I can't hear any of it. Yeah. She just got like a phone call from her absentee dad who missed her birthday, yep. 
Yep, that, that girl. It's that she, girl. She okay. ends up she ends up getting possessed somehow, and the whole exorcism stuff happens, and it was cool. Like, I mean, you definitely have to watch it. It's not one that you you need to own, I'd say, but just to know that you you've seen it. Another one like that for me is Poltergeist. I had never seen that before either. And I and hadn't watched Poltergeist either. And I told you why I didn't watch it. And you're like, dude, yeah. I wish you wouldn't have given me this rabbit hole to go down. But it's super yeah. creepy about the little know. girl and the mysterious death that she had. And Kathleen O'Rourke claims that a medical mistake led to the death of a 12-year-old daughter, Heather, on February 1st. Yeah, that's... Ugh. And I also I never told you... About that. The, I guess there's a part, and I haven't seen it, so I feel weird bringing it up. I guess they're in a boneyard or something, or in, in, a, in like, a grave site or something, and it was filmed at a real-life grave site, in like an Indian burial ground. So they think that they might have rustled up spirits, if you yeah, believe in well, that. that. That was, like, the whole premise of the film. Like, this guy's boss built all this land over grave sites but he didn't actually dig up the graves and move them he just went over it right nice. like an idiot you know so that movie was better than the exorcist to me the only thing hokey about it that i laughed at which almost turned me away from the movie is when the tree comes alive and you're gonna think i'm crazy <laughs> the tree comes alive and sucks this little boy out of his window wait so were you like that's a disturbing image, or were you like, no, that's so I was just like, Yeah, I was like, oh my god, that's so stupid. Like, the tree had, like, a face and arms, and his fingers were the branches. And I was like, this is dumb. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to stick stick with it, and I'm glad I did. Because once they introduced the, like, the female medium character, who could, like, speak to the dead and stuff, I guess. Like, her voice and her, like, delivery and everything she did was just super cool. And, like, she made the movie just better. Now, is, and, isn't it, like, a PG movie? Uh, I don't know exactly. I, feel like the, I picked it up. The rating and, for it was, like, random, like, PG. And I always thought, like, that was... That seems like it couldn't be a good horror. I've never thought anything below an R has ever been a good horror. You know, I think you would be surprised. I think if you watched it and you, ha you kept an open mind and you were like, hey, look this movie came out 30 something years ago you know mm -hmm. um some of the like cgi and stuff i'm sure at the time that was like the best they could do like you know that's just gonna forever change in like 30 years we're gonna look back and say oh my god avatar I... looks like crap right avatar looks like crap at the time no avatar is avatar sucks i love it but the whole thing with poltergeist i think you should watch that one too i'm glad that i did um, I wish I would have spent more time with horror movies this year rather than diving into my like traditional shows that I like to watch. Um, so I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that going here for the next couple weeks or so and not really let go of uh, Halloween yet. But yeah, you should watch that one too for sure. Okay, now would you say are you one of those people that falls into the like if it wasn't if it was made before the 80s you're not going to watch it or will you no. watch anything okay cuz we have a friend we had a friend like that who directly told me even though he watched every movie under the sun that he wouldn't watch anything before 19 like 90 then you're an idiot then you've missed back to the future which is the greatest film in the history of movies yes exactly and who I who is this friend and why am i friends with them 
Well, I don't know how great a friend you are with him now. All right, Joe, so as they say, let's put a bow on this, but not before a challenge, okay? I'm going to challenge you because as soon as I get out of this Halloween spirit in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be looking forward to Thanksgiving, right? Cowboys are always playing. Food's always great. I'm hoping and to sometimes maybe... Yeah, and I'm hoping to maybe fly home so I might see you, if not for Christmas for sure. Um, but I'm going to challenge you to find me the best 90s sitcom episode Thanksgiving-themed. All right, so I take it you want to figure out which one we actually want to go to and which ones we totally avoid, right? Exactly, and I know there's only one person I can trust with that. That's true, and I won't put a Peanuts thing in there where... Have you seen the thing where people do the uh, Snoopy's Thanksgiving meal that he puts together where it's all like popcorn and candy and all that stuff, and then they actually no. try the diet? I haven't seen that. No, well, you know what? We should make that and just test it out. It's mostly Why junk not? food. I'm in. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, so before my batteries run out here, and before I die of starvation because I haven't eaten since 1 o'clock. Hey, I have a head cold, so I'm, I'm powering through. Get over it. So that right there concludes episode 4 of Pop Culture Paradise. This has been awesome. I can't believe we've gone four episodes so far. Looking forward to see what you have prepared for us next week, Joe. I'm Jeff, and we'll talk to you guys next time.